Welcome to the Sunday Morning Bible Study at Whitestone Christian Fellowship, taught by Pastor Bob Lorenz. We're located in the village of Victor, a little southeast of Rochester, New York. Pastor Bob teaches line by line and verse by verse from the Word of God. Now, let's join this week's Sunday Morning Bible Study, already in progress. If you're just joining us on the internet, we welcome you. This is the Christmas Eve service of Whitestone Christian Fellowship in upstate New York. We're a bit of an oddball church. We believe in the scriptures and we teach them. We teach them line upon line. And because we are pretty well assured that December 25th is not the date of Jesus' birth, we will not recognize it tomorrow as such. In fact, this is tonight as we acknowledge the birth. Uh, we are reminded that Jesus never taught us to remember His birth. He taught us, even at the Last Supper, to remember His death. So this is, a, this is a tradition of men that we're holding and hosting tonight that we recognize a date as Jesus' birth. There are many that believe that September is the time of His birth. Some others believe that it's in the spring. And the fact is, we don't know when it was. But we do know, and we're pretty well assured of it, that the shepherds were not out in the middle of winter watching over their flocks by night. Jerusalem has a temperate climate and they have some harsh winters. They have some winter storms that come. And even Jesus, as He was speaking to us through the apostles, reminds us that if you're ready to escape Jerusalem, pray that it not be in winter. Because Jesus knows that winter can be difficult, even in Jerusalem. Israel is one of those countries that's really kind of unique. You can go from the north country to the south, and you can experience all of the different seasons of the year in about three or four hours. From Mount Hermon, you get the snows even during the summertime. In the Galilee region, you get the spring as well as the fall with temperature, temperatures in very comfortable zones. And when you get down to the Dead Sea, it can be 80 degrees as you're floating around in that, <laughs> in that water. And float you will. I don't know of any sinkers that don't float in the, red, the Dead Sea. The chemicals are so strong that we're actually more buoyant in the water there than we are around this part of the country. As we look at, uh, as we look at our reading tonight, we are going to just read one verse in the Old Testament. We're going to be reading Micah chapter 5, verse 2. And it's a reminder of the birth of and how it was prophesied that the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, would be born in a little town called Bethlehem. 
Micah is written about 700 years before the birth of Jesus actually came about. And so we read together Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But thou, Bethlehem Ephratah, though thou be little among the, na- the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come he come forth unto me that is to be the ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old and from everlasting. This is an amazing little verse. It tells us where the where Messiah is going to be born. It tells us that Messiah's goings forth have been from old. God planned this from the beginning. From old, from everlasting. God had this in mind from the very beginning, even before He formed the earth. Because He knew the hearts of His creation. That they would be susceptible to temptation and to sin. And He promised to redeem them. The prophecies for Jesus' birth begin in Exodus chapter 3. A Redeemer would come. And there would be enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. And so tonight as we look at Luke chapter 2, I'm sorry, we're going to look at chapter 1 first. From chapter 1 of Luke, verses 26, we'll read through 56, and then we'll skip up to chapter 2, the first 20 verses. In Luke chapter 2, verses 26 and on, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now this is right after we heard and learned of John the Baptist. And as he's referring to the sixth month, it is the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. And so in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. When we find favor with God, that's that's pure grace from him. Unmerited favor, that's grace. We don't earn it. We don't even necessarily deserve it. 
but God gives it out freely to those whom He can use in His plan for salvation for all mankind. Thou hast found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. This is the Greek form of the name Yeshua in Hebrew. God with us, Emmanuel. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And hence, whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come unto me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believeth, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. And he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaid. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats 
and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent away empty. He hath helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spake unto our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. So from the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy to the ninth, Mary stayed with her cousin Elizabeth. And just as Elizabeth is about to give birth, Mary heads, heads home to Nazareth. In chapter 2, the rest of this chapter is about, is about John the Baptist. And we covered it this past Sunday with Zechariah getting his voice back and proclaiming that his name is John. But here in chapter 2, we finish out the story of Jesus' birth and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. Now, not for anything. Luke includes this because there is a historical point of time to make note of. There is a record of this taxing during the time of Cyrenius of Syria. So here's a, here's a point in time when we understand that the taxing was first made when Cyrenius was, was king of Syria, governor of Syria. It doesn't mean that this is the first year. It means that it, this is happening. But the first year of the taxing was when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. In verse 3 it says, And all went to be taxed, every one to his own city. Now even Syria was a Roman colony at that time, just like Israel was. Just like so much of the conquered world, conquered by Rome. And so all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of and the lineage of David. We have, we have two, two genealogies of Jesus. We have the genealogy of Joseph in the Gospel of Matthew. But we also have the genealogy of Mary, who was also of the lineage of David. And that is later on in this chapter, in chapter 3 of Luke. You'll notice that the, if you read them, the lineage is not identical because 
their families, Joseph's family came from one son of David, and Mary's came from a different son of King David. So Mary and Joseph are distant relatives, but they're both of the, of the lineage in the house of David. So he went up to the city of Bethlehem because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the, in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us. These shepherds out in the field are just incredible. As I was doing some reading and background studying, I came across a, uh, some information that about five or six miles south and west of Bethlehem is a town called Tekoa. T-E-K-O-A. OA. And Tekoa was, was known as a city or a region where there were many open fields and fenced fields as well. The shepherds that worked there and lived in Tekoa were, for all practical purposes, assigned to raise up the best sheep possible because they would be sacrificed in Jerusalem. How interesting that the Lamb of God is born in Bethlehem at the same time that these, these shepherds receive, receive word from the angel that the real Lamb of God is born, awaiting for them to witness his earliest moments as they find him in swaddling clothes 
according to the angel's prophecy to them. Tekoa was one of the defense cities that surrounded Jerusalem. In a circumference of five or six miles around, there were several cities. Uh, they were they were defensed or defended cities. There were soldiers that were there, Israel soldiers, as well as Roman soldiers. And they were there to sound the alarm in case of an attack by a marauding band of barbarians or heathens. They would send word to Jerusalem to prepare the, to prepare the city for a battle. These were the watchmen that lived in these cities looking for a threat and waiting to sound the alarm if necessary. So these shepherds are all about raising up the best possible sheep. The ones that would be sacrificed on the altars of Jerusalem. I shouldn't say altars. There's one altar in Jerusalem. And that's the one that they used for sacrifice, a blood sacrifice, on a regular basis for the atonement of sin. So they said, we're going we're gonna to go to Bethlehem. Let's go. Which the Lord had made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe laying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. Somebody gives you a prophecy like this, you can't hold it in. They noised it round about. They shared it with whoever they ran into. In verse 19, it says, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. This is the child whose goings forth were from the beginning, from everlasting. God's plan to save His creation, His created beings, and the earth that He created as well. Because earth is under judgment just as much as we earthlings are. And when Jesus returns, He will set things right. At the end of His life, at the ascension, there were apostles there. And the apostles were looking up into the heavens that Jesus ascended up into. And there were two angels there, angelic beings, and they said, why do you look up at the, at the sky? I said, you will see him come back just exactly the way you saw him leave. That was the promise of his return. And one of the many times that Jesus promised that he would see the apostles again 
and again and again. That promise is repeated several times, sometimes in Galilee, sometimes in glory. Even at the Last Supper, Jesus told them that He would not drink of the fruit of this vine until He drank it anew with them in His kingdom. It's an important prophecy, an important promise to remember coming from the lips of Jesus. So as we partake of communion tonight, this is a holy remembrance of what He's done and what He's accomplished for us. The curtain around the Holy of Holies was torn from top to bottom at the crucifixion. An impossible task because of the makeup of this heavy curtain that was basically nearly a foot thick. You don't just tear a piece of material like that. And to tear it from top to bottom was something that no man could have reached to accomplish it. So we are reminded we are reminded of that communion, that first, that first communion at the Last Supper. And I'm going to ask that you come up the center aisle as you partake of the uh, of the the bread and the wine, the crackers and the grape juice. After you have a moment to just talk to the Lord, get things off your chest, off your heart, confess, ask Him questions, tell Him of something that's bothering you, get right with Him. Then you can come up and partake of the communion up on the table here. And during that time, we'll just have a little, a little music playing in the background. The Lord always faithful to supply songs and hymns which calm our hearts and lead us into the Spirit for His glory as we converse with Him.
We read of the Last Supper. It's in all of the Gospels except the Gospel of John. But we read in Matthew <clears throat> that this was the last Passover that Jesus would celebrate while he was here on earth. And it says, Now when evening was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish 
the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him. But woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? And he said unto him, Thou hast said it. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, and gave it unto them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of the fruit of this vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Heavenly Father, Jesus prophesies even in the midst of the Last Supper of His betrayal and His coming again and our coming unto Him in the kingdom of His Father. Lord, this is too, too grand for us to try to understand what things will happen, how things will be, and it boggles our imagination because we, we live in these bodies with all of the things of the world creating distractions for us. And so often people believe that things can only be done the same way in heaven that they are on earth. God will do greater things on the earth than what people see. He's already doing great things on the earth. He has done great things in the earth already. But what He shall do when He calls men to Himself will take away any doubt that anyone has that God is all-powerful. And even as the angel said that he, as He made the announcement to Mary, there is nothing too difficult for God. All things are possible with Him. So Lord, we live in hope. We live in the hope of Your second coming. We live with the hope of being with You for all eternity. And John writes repeatedly that we don't have to just hope because we can have an assurance of that hope. We can have an assurance of what that reality will be. That we will be with Him forever. Lord, as we look upon these, these emblems, these symbols of Your death, a picture of Your broken body, You were called the bread of life. And your shed blood. 
Leviticus 17.11 says the life is in the blood. It's that living water that you caused to bubble up inside of us. And it's not that it's not the things, it's not the red blood that flows through our veins, it's the living water that flows through our hearts from you. Lord, we thank you. We're humbled by these gifts that you've given us. We're humbled by what you've done. We're humbled about what you've already accomplished for our sakes. Let's partake of these emblems together. After the reading of the Last Supper in Matthew's Gospel, it says that before they left the room to go to the Garden of Gethsemane, they all sang a song. A departing song. It was a tradition after Passover to do exactly that. And we got another. Why don't you, uh, Paul, if you can, why don't you play that first song from our worship time again and let us be reminded of what the Lord has done, where He's done it, and who He's done it for and all the rest.
Christmas, everybody. God bless you all for coming out on this cold, <laughs> this cold night. May you all just be able to go home in safety. From Psalm 67, God be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us that thy way may be known upon earth, thy saving health among all nations. As the shepherds shared abroad what they had seen and heard from the angel, I think that's what the Lord wants us to do to the rest of the world. Share. Encourage. Build hope into others. And make that a Christmas gift every day of the year. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening with your families or wherever you're going from here. And Lord, we just thank you for this night. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Sunday Morning Bible Study at Whitestone Christian Fellowship, taught by Pastor Bob Lorenz. To access the list of teachings or to check the archives for Pastor Bob's weekly observations column, log on to whitestonecf.com. There you can also check the weekly schedule and any upcoming events. To contact us or to drop a note to Pastor Bob, you can email us at whitestonecf at gmail.com or call us at 585-924-8820. Whitestone Christian Fellowship is a non-denominational congregation. Every Sunday, Pastor Bob walks us through the Bible, teaching line upon line and verse by verse. And we're located in the village of Victor, a little southeast of Rochester, New York. And if you're in the area, we invite you to visit us. From upstate New York, Pastor Bob encourages all of us to immerse ourselves in the Word of God. Until next time, remember that Jesus is our victor. Stay close to Him. <laughs>